What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Side FCD Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Duell, and I'm joined by my co-host, who is making his return. He's uh, He's been cleared by the medical staff after missing the last episode, uh, despite rumors, no, it was not COVID-related. Um, Dan was suggesting that maybe there are some some uh, HIPAA violations that I was trying to protect myself from, but no, nothing like that. He is back. It's my uh, my co-host, Joe Martinez. Joe, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing a lot better than if I had COVID. So, you know, I'm glad to be back. It was not <laughs> COVID. It was just an ear infection. And if you guys would go back to the B to the B tapes and look at the pictures, I'm actually in the background just watching everybody train. So it's it wasn't as bad as a lot of people <laughs> said it was. And uh, I'm just glad to be back. Um I'm I'm sorry I missed out on on Dan's Dan's humor because uh, it's it's beautifully British and that's all I can say about it. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the token British friend that uh, I've always wanted, <laughs> and so now I have the ability to tell people I have a British. Well, friend. he's your lad now, or English, we're mates, mates, bro. Mates, bro. You take you take taking the piss. Go on, Luton. <laughs> Shit, they survived, um, didn't they? fucking last yeah. minute yeah they they got it down to the last day i was gonna watch that game but then uh chelsea liverpool was on at the same time and i wanted to watch my boy uh Pulisic just dropped the hammer Pulisic. on everybody yeah but lampard's a freaking idiot and doesn't start him because they got to start mason mount even <laughs> though mason mount is just paxton pomical with a stupid accent <laughs> oh my. except pomical is actually a lot better though it has a better, has better <laughs> I was facial say, hair yeah, than just if anything else he shaved it, man. He he didn't listen to my advice in the last episode to keep the stash. Hey, at least I guess he said he said if there's no soccer, then there's no stash. So I guess he only wants to wear it when he's playing. I respect that. I, res- I guess I, res- I, but that I respect means- that, and I also respect him just you know telling Taylor Tolman to fuck off with his cheez its. So, oh yeah, that was great. I'm happy about so that. So I guess Did yeah, we can get right into it. Yeah, this <laughs> what uh, we can get right into <laughs> cheez it gate. Uh, <laughs> so at the time of the last recording which was kind of funny when we were doing the recording if you listened to the last episode or if you haven't go check it out but if you did you would have heard whenever dan got the news while we were recording that three more fc dallas players had tested positive which three this more was points. really the last oh, three I, more players sorry <laughs> three more cases um and the, I think this was the last bat. No, no, there was one more where there was like one player and one coach, I think, who tested positive. Yeah, there, so, there was anyway, a couple yeah, of people uh, got it. Yeah, and so when I heard that news, obviously we were pretty, well, shit when we're recording because I knew it was basically only a matter of time before they removed FCD from uh, the tournament. And sure enough, a couple days later, FC Dallas is removed. Um, I, I guess... Actually, before that, they rescheduled or postponed their first game. I don't know why they thought that they were going to be able to even try to fix the schedule around to get FC Dallas in. Uh, I mean, I guess FC Dallas did technically have enough players to play a game, but they weren't going to have enough players to fill like a full like match day roster with you know with twenty players being allowed now. So uh, instead of having the FC Dallas backups play, they kind of might have ended up doing fc dallas a favor at the end of the day and um so now fc dallas just has three games to make up and then obviously nashville was had pretty much the same situation a couple 
I guess probably less than a week later. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how they reschedule those games when everyone else has played the same amount of games besides Dallas and Nashville. The easiest way would be for just FC Dallas to play Nashville three times, uh, which I would be completely fine with because they're pretty shit. Um, but then, you know, Nashville is playing in the East this year, and that might screw up all the scheduling of you never see teams play a team from another conference three times. Usually, if anything, you'll see them play like they're like Dallas might play Houston three times or Portland might play Seattle three times at most. But yeah, so that'll be interesting. Um, Joe, how uh, have you been watching much MLS's back tournament? Well, Sponsored by Heineken. Sponsored by Heineken. Uh, well, l- learning about FC Dallas being basically kicked out and kind of um, leaving through their own will, I was just like really, really depressed and sad about it. I was like, this is the. I was so excited for weeks and weeks and weeks, even to the yeah. point where I was saying that they would make the semifinals and using crazy predictions. And then next thing you know, they're not even in the tournament. And so I started watching most of the games that I can, but. At this point, it's just kind of like if I can't catch the game, I can't catch the game, and I don't really care too much. You're not, yeah. You don't feel like obligated. Like I gotta, I gotta begin mm-hmm. home quick. <clears throat> no, nah, San Jose playing Chicago. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I don't really feel like watching like RSL versus Colorado and missing. But I mean, I think that was actually a really good game. But um, yeah, there's been yeah, there's been the last pretty good games uh, lately. The first games were all pretty bad. Yeah. It's felt like the first games of the group. But lately, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of really good games. Um, I was watching the one this morning. It was uh, the day we're recording this. It's Thursday, the twenty third. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was Vancouver versus Chicago, and it's basically just a <laughs> winner goes on. So that was the situation. Oh, Vancouver had a win by two, and it was zero zero in like the sixtieth minute, and then there was an hour and a half lightning delay. And uh, what's cool is with no crowd. Uh, you could really hear all the players literally like pr- like protesting the referee's decision to stop for a lightning delay, which I thought was kind of funny because <laughs> it's like, what do you want the rep to do? Because the play- it was basically sunny, but you know, like you look in the background and there's just dark, dark yeah. clouds. And you know, Florida storms be. And uh, so there's lightning within a 10 mile radius. And you could hear the players being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like <laughs> arguing with their ref. Like it's fucking sunny. And you can hear them asking, like, how long? How long? And then uh, there was like a female voice who I guess is one of MLS's employees just saying like, oh, 30 minutes at least and ended up being an hour and a half. Vancouver comes out of the break, scores twice in a really short period of time and ended up doing exactly what they needed to do to get through to the next round. And it was cool to see after the game, like right when the final whistle blows, those players are celebrating like they just won the World Cup. You know, like you can tell it means a lot to the players. And also Vancouver hasn't had the the best last i don't know five years ten years however long it's been they've been struggling ever, ever. yeah <laughs> so and when i when i realized that they had made it to the next round I, I just was like blown away i was like how and what possible way did they do it but just by those two goals they made it through and it was and it was like a fifa stat line where i think chicago had like 25 shots yeah. or something and vancouver had four two of them bounced in so Vancouver played like a sweaty FIFA team where they just had Jordi Reyna up front and they were just trying to counterattack by just playing like long balls yep. to him. And he, you know, he's that really tiny dude who's super fast. They're, and he had, I think he had a goal and an assist. They were playing like prime but, uh, Panama in the middle of like 
a November <laughs> Thursday where it's 115 degrees in you know in Costa, Costa Rica. Rica. That five, that five, four, one. <laughs> yeah, Costa Rica exactly. That's what they're rolling out. out. I mean, they they got it done, and that's kind of the weirdness of MLS, where you have Vancouver advance to the next round, and Atlanta, and who else? Who, who's another big team that just popped out and just didn't do anything? Or you have Inter, who hasn't scored, uh, or, no, who hasn't won yet in five games all season. So, yeah, uh, I think the Galaxy well, are probably actually. I don't know. The Galaxy are playing right now while we're recording. I don't think they're in a good spot. Well, no, they, I think they needed to win by I think a couple goals to advance, and it, they're they're, they're yeah, losing one so, zero to Houston. So, damn, MLS is gonna be pissed whenever they lose the Galaxy and Atlanta United in the group stage. It's gonna be a big a uh, big hit for uh, maybe some. Oh, well, I mean, I guess Chicharito's out anyway. So he's he's back. Not home. many people he's, are tuning he's, in. He's, he's back in LA, I think. Eating some tacos, chilling out. Yeah, they said he was out for the tournament. Some mangonadas. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's chilling. He doesn't care. I mean, the, the team, I, I actually kind of feel bad for him and Pavon because Pavon would be probably a top, he, he is a top five player in the league right now, but he would have, uh, he's he beast. would have like yeah. Bella type stats if he was on an actual competent club instead of Galaxy, who's been shit for the past five years. The Galaxy, like, they. They don't invest in their defenders at all. They've always just spent on attacking players, and so they have like like a star-studded attack, and then uh, just like randoms at the back who just get exposed. And all they do, I think I said this on one of the previous episodes about they still play like they have Zlatan to where they can just cross the ball. They just cross, cross, yeah. cross, cross. Like Chicharito's not. Like he's pretty good in the air for a guy his size, you know, but he's not going to just tower over guy. He's not six foot four as Latvon, no. you know, he's not going to just coach, jump over everyone and win headers. And, you know, he, he's a guy who's going to just poach, you know, <laughs> and he, uh, he, he was pretty shaky in the games he did play. He ended up scoring a goal in the second game, but he missed like, well, he missed a penalty. And then he had another sitter that he yeah. shanked later. Yeah. And the goal he did score was pretty scrappy, but, uh, it would, I was hoping he didn't score just because it was going to be kind of fun for everyone to start getting on his back. I wanted him to score because I felt, I still feel bad for him just because he has to play with the rest of that team. They, they seem to be yeah. – they seem to think that like three players can can stop all the holes that are in your team. But when you have like David Bingham and yeah. goal and like six other unknown players that aren't just any really good and then a system where all you do is cross, like you're never going to win. And Zlatan carried them from being an absolute trash club to like barely making it to the playoffs the last couple of years. And so I can only yeah. imagine that Chicharito can't really pull him up out of that. And Pavon, I mean, he's just a winger who it's literally at times it's 1v5 where he just makes like a 40-yard sprint, yeah. tries to get past two, three guys, and he does, but that fourth guy just takes the ball away. And it's just sad to see like that that level of talent being wasted. Yeah, I feel like but, if you uh, put yeah. him on, so like say you you switch now. him with like, yeah, it's, say like you switch Pavone with like Diego Rossi, he would put up crazy numbers, you know, like just put him in that LAFC system oh, yeah. instead of the Galaxies. <laughs> yeah, you you put yeah, him in LAFC system and we're talking about him leaving MLS next season for $40 million to the Premier League because he has 30 goals and 15 assists. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, he's. It's, he's just in the worst possible team right now, and it's it's really weird to see, especially because LA Galaxy five six years ago were winning every single trophy, and we hated them with our entire chest, you know. Yeah, I I, I remember. I think one of his first games for the Galaxy was against FC Dallas, and I remember just thinking like, Jesus, this dude is really good, mm-hmm. like instantly, just from like his first couple of touches. 
But I guess we can talk about the galaxy all day. But this isn't the uh, sad galaxy fans podcast. Yeah, but if, uh, if, I don't if, know of a sad galaxy fan. If we did start that podcast, I think it would be probably one of the most pop- popular podcasts in California. Because that's true. I might I might have to make the switch just for the uh, <laughs> the market size. Yeah. Yeah. I could just troll and just hate on the galaxy from the inside and just to be a dick. Uh, but this is the sad FCD fans podcast. So if while we're talking FCD and FC, <laughs> there is a new team, a new team name, not a new team. I guess they've been announced for a while, yeah. but a new team name for MLS, the Charlotte soccer team, uh, like the Washington football team. Um, <laughs> decided on their name after weeks of teasing and you know they had the thing where they're putting up the big list of all like the the, the uh, top options and crossing one of them off at a time and in the end they went with charlotte fc um really creative stuff i'm sure it took a huge focus group and a lot of heated debates and um, a lot of brain power yeah it was real tough stuff it would have been really funny if they just like unveiled their colors as black and white too, <laughs> just as like the ultimate fuck you. It, it reminds <laughs> me of like pick, you know, whenever you're trying to pick out a place to eat, and it's like you and your girlfriend or whatever, and you're like, let's try something new. Let's go to a Thai place, or let's try Caribbean food, or let's go somewhere <laughs> fancy. And then at the end of the day, you're just like, oh shit. Well, let's just go to Chick Fil A. You know, like it's. Charlotte FC or the Chick Fil A of MLS. Basically, every <laughs> FC is just even even down to you know FC Dallas is just unoriginal and boring. Yes, and it doesn't even really make sense. FC Dallas were FC Dallas were kind of like the uh, the pioneers well, they were the, in they were this the first uh, one, boring brand. Six, yeah, on the rebrand. Two thousand five, yeah, when they moved, they're like, we gotta we gotta change the name if we're gonna get a new stadium. <laughs> we're, we're the Seattle before, and Seattle. I still stand by it. Yeah, I still stand by it, man. I I I love the Dallas Burn brand. Oh yeah. I think that I think yeah. if you like did like a 2020 version of that, if you did a good job on it, it would be sick. I think it would be one of those things that like people in Europe say like some random dude in England's playing Ultimate Team and he gets that badge <laughs> in a pack. Oh yeah. He's going to be like, "Dude, that's actually really badass." It's like those like random Chinese team logos you see and you're like, "Yo, those are dope. That could have been the Burn." You know, like that could be I loved the red and the wasabi green and the black. I mean, shit, I'm, I'm really looking into my closet right now and there's that 98 burn Jersey that I bought at the beginning of quarantine just because I just kind of became obsessed with the burn stuff for like a week and was bored and wanted to spend some money and I've worn it like twice, but it kind of is just a cool thing to own. But uh, yeah, Charlotte FC is here. They uh their their primary crest is pretty lame. Um, it's I mean it's all right. I I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people. It, remi- it, re- it reminds thought. me of like a like a third division English team. That's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like almost like a you know how like Bleacher Report has like websites or is it Bleacher Report for like different cities and stuff. It reminds me of like one of those like generic, mm. just like. <laughs> pick a pick a color scheme you like you know it's like arlington fc tried to create a crest for their city council meeting and they just they just put this up there and they put (laughs) their blue on it and said it was charlotte instead their uh their their secondary 
crest was a lot cooler. The one where it was just like the C, the L, and the T, and the FC, and it kind of looked like like the QPR or the Rangers. Yeah, but the CLC has been yeah, but then that has been pretty fun. I've yeah, I've enjoyed the um, Clit FC uh, references everyone's been making. That if you once you see someone say that, every time I looked at that crest after that, I was like, all I see, I see an eye every time I look at it. Now <laughs> I can't avoid it. But uh, yeah, I still think it's better than their primary one. And of course, they already posted a, the picture of the guy who had it got the crest tattooed on his calf. Don't and it's like that. it's gonna be really funny when they pull, yeah, when they pull a Louisville City or Lou City FC, and they just change their mind after the internet like trashed them for their new crest <laughs> and just switch it to a different one, and that dude's just stuck with a fucking tattoo of a crest that doesn't exist anymore. He's gonna feel like a real jackass, but I don't think they're switching on yeah, it that I much. Think, I mean, obviously, yeah, this is their biggest investment. Obviously, they don't care about what people think if they went with Charlotte FC. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I hate the. This isn't like a very original take to talk about the insecurity of so many American soccer fans, but it drives me crazy that so many of them are so insecure and just constantly feel the need to be accepted and are constantly worried about the way they're viewed by Europeans. It's like, dude, who, who gives a shit? Like our name is major league soccer, which is dope. If we gave a, yeah, if we gave a fuck about what Europe thought it would be, you know, Oh, the American football league, you know, or a major league football. We, we, it's our own thing. We can't try to make everything emulate Europe. Obviously, I don't mean in terms of like rules. It's it was silly whenever we're playing with a, a you know a clock that's counting down and shit like that at the beginning of most. That's silly. It's not like they're gonna go play four quarters. I don't mean rule wise that they should be different. But as far as like branding and stuff goes, like there's your chance to maybe Americanize it a little bit. You know, people the people in England I've heard think that some of that stuff is cool. Like the names, I tell you what, they make a lot less fun of names like Dallas burn than they do a country naming a team FC, whatever, when they don't even call it football, you know? Yeah. I don't see why they're so worried about everything needs to be respected by Europe and we need promotion and relegation. Cause that's what Europe does. We need, we need FCs in the names. We need to do this. We need this. It's like, yeah, there are certain things that you should be trying to, you know, mimic, which is mainly stuff on the field, but off the field, be your own, you know, embrace, embrace the chaos is what MLS's motto should be. And if there's anything that MLS's back term has been, it's just been utter chaos and it's been beautiful at times while it's beautifully ugly is what MLS is (laughs) and embrace it. And that's what I love about it. It's just fucking chaos where you don't know if it, Keeper is going to just have an absolute stinker one second, and then you might see a freaking screamer one minute later. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think at this point, you know, you kind of just want the league to be its own thing. Um, but, yeah. you know, MLS's back has been its own thing. And that's why, even though I've been very like saddened by the fact that there is no FC Dallas, at least I can sit back and watch just chaos happen in front of me and have everything being turned upside down on its head. Um, I enjoy the the late night games. So just being able to just lay in bed before I, enjoy I go to the sleep late and just I, casually watch a game. I actually kind of like the early games because I wake up and I like can have breakfast and watch a soccer game 
and act like I'm working, but I'm not working for the first couple hours of the day. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It is a nice way to just kind of slack off at work and just throw it on <laughs> yeah, and barely work. Yeah, that's why I'm glad um, uh, the NBA is back because now it's just another thing that I can distract myself with. Yeah, I was watching where I was watching the Mavs scrimmage before this, and it felt so good to watch a game, even if it's you know it doesn't count for standings that I have a rooting interest in. You know, like a team that I'm actually a fan of is playing. It's not the same as you know. I mean, obviously, like when I watch Chelsea play, I want Pulisic to do well, and if he scores, I'll usually celebrate. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, you know, just watching random teams, like I'll watch any form of soccer any day of the week, but you know, it's not the same as having a rooting interest in a game. So it's nice to, and then the Rangers start tomorrow. So if, man, if we would have had FC Dallas, we could have had Rangers, FC Dallas, uh, Mavs, and then the the stars start up pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And then I I guess preseason of NFL might run into the end of all of it but it would have been cool this would have been the most sports we've ever had at once really but i guess we'll still have that just minus fc dallas all right so enough about uh the rest of mls we're here for fc dallas so what i've done is i've compiled a uh a little survey for joe and i'll be answering the questions too just to give you guys a little bit of a a background on our uh, history as FC Dallas and just soccer in general fans. Um, so the first question I had was just really how you became a soccer fan and eventually an FC Dallas or Dallas burn. I don't know how far back your history goes fan. Um, just before I answer that, I want to say that I'm really glad that um, all the boys are back home and everybody's feeling safe again and are like a little bit healthy. Yeah. Just wanted to point that out there because we forgot to put that in the intro, but you know, we're glad that all of that, <laughs> everything that has happened so far, that they're at least fine now. Um, my first, like, the way that FC Dallas got me, it was, like, when I was a kid, which is weird. But uh, they had the, this, um, they used to have these camps, like, these, like, local. Is this the burn? FC, or Dallas, FC Dallas, like, the early days of FC Dallas. So, I okay. guess past 2005, 2006-ish. Yeah. And, uh yeah. I think uh, Kenny Cooper was there and a bunch of other people I can't remember, but they would just have like a community like training camp where they would just have a bunch of the kids come mm-hmm. through and they, they would give us a bunch of different stuff. And at that training camp, they gave us like a lunchbox. So I have like, I have like this me- metallic lunchbox that has like Simo Valakari, Ron- Ronnie O'Brien, um, and Pesquilla I think Torres. I might have that. Yeah. And that was the first time. I think I might have had that. That was the first time that I was ever like, oh, well, this is kind of cool. But I never really went to any of the games and I didn't really know much about like MLS or anything until they were, the, um, those, they were, there would be like soccer tournaments at Good Park. Do you know where that is? In yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to play games. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. they would have like 20 fields there. And so there'd be a bunch of, um, uh, there would just be, it's like a big lot. And so FC Dallas would sometimes go there. And at that point they were giving away like free tickets, like those bench tickets. So mm-hmm. you would sit in the sun, but they would give away those, oh, the bleachers, yeah, yeah. The, the bleachers where they used to be. And they would give those tickets away. And at one point, one of the guys which was just like, Hey, just take the stack. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, just take the stack. And I like, look at the piece of paper and it says <laughs> free tickets. So I took like, it was like me, my brother and like my dad and like, five of my cousins and we just went to a soccer game and I think they just hooked me out from there because 
you know, when you're younger, you don't really have money to go to a Cowboys game or Mavs game or any game like that. But FC Dallas yeah. is one of the first professional sporting events that I went to. And so that was a way that, I, that they hooked up, that they hooked me in basically. And so ever since then, like I would try to find ways to catch games. And so I'd watch them on like FS1 or uh, TXA21. And then just, it just went out. I guess there. back then there was probably a, games you're watching on fox soccer fox channel. soccer channel there you go. that was it yeah thing? yeah that's what it was fox yeah. soccer channel and i would have to be like i used to love um uh, i used to love rob stone when they did premier league games every time he would mention clint dempsey he'd always go the american <laughs> he still does it now but i used to get so excited about that i don't know why that's just always my early memory of fox soccer anyway go well, my, on. my earliest memory of fox soccer was uh fox soccer report where like max bretto's and uh Oh, I love Max. Yeah, he, that's where like he kind of like first started, and a couple of other journalists that are now like bigger MLS journalists and analysts and stuff like that. That's where they kind of first started, and that's where I like got to like learn about the game even more because this was just slightly before like everybody had a phone in their pocket that had, would allow you to have internet or anything like that. So that's kind of how they got me, and like at that point, you know, um, I started soccer later, so I didn't start playing. So I was about like eight or nine because I used to just play football. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I played football before mm-hmm. a lot of the kids just got bigger, and my mom got scared and was like, "I don't want you to get hurt." So she <laughs> stuck me into soccer. And my brother had been playing soccer since he was like four or five, and so they just like threw me in there and were like, "Here, here you go." And then right at that time is whenever FC Dallas pulled me in. So it was literally one of those things where they just got me at the right time. Did you always play goalie? Yeah, because uh, I went to the practice at uh, they were behind a Kroger. They were behind a Kroger, and uh, I went to the practice. And the guy asked my dad, like, "What position does he play?" And my dad's like, "Oh, he plays striker or whatever. He doesn't. He hasn't really played before." <laughs> and while he's talking to the, he's like, "Now nah, he doesn't." <laughs> while he's talking to the coach, like I was standing next to the kids, and there was a goal, and they're like, "Nobody wanted to play goalie," so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll play." And then I ended up saving some like shots or whatever, and the coach was like, "Yeah, that's the keeper right there. That's the guy right there." That's that's how every little kid becomes keeper. It's usually no one wants to do it, and it's one kid who goes, "Fuck it, I'll yeah, do it. Because, I'll take one for the." It team. was one of those things where like my small, tiny insecurity of being like, I don't really know how to kick a ball that well, so I don't want to kick in front of these guys. I'll just, I'll just stand here. here, and then I ended up saving some shots. And from then on, I was like, "Well, this is what I'm gonna do. It's different, so I'm just gonna do it." And the legend was born. <laughs> What about you? Yeah, for me, um, for me, I I was like your brother. Where I started playing soccer as soon as yeah. I could. I think I have an older brother, and uh, he wasn't really like a a soccer guy. I mean, he played soccer, but just because he was a little kid, and that's what they did. And my sister played soccer too. Um, what's funny is my dad was my sister's coach whenever she was like five. It was him and my uncle, my dad's brother, were coaches, and. Uh, <laughs> The team name was the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> because that's 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 one of my dad's favorite bands. That's awesome. And uh, so it's it's a really badass name for a little because especially like most little girl soccer teams are like the Pink yeah, Panthers was like the, my the niece's team. Friend. We're like the Ladybug, yeah. yeah. But they were the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and their jerseys had like the little chili pepper on oh, them and dope. stuff. And it was just funny to hear little girls like do a chant before a game, like one, two, three, Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> anyway, um, so. My dad and his brothers all played soccer pretty much all throughout their, you know, their youth tour. My dad played all the way up to, he played a little bit in college at, I guess it's Texas State now, but I think it used to be Southwest Texas. But, you know, it wasn't NCAA. It was just like a club team. 
and he only played like the home games because he didn't have money to travel for their Jesus road games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he played in he played in high school, and um, so he obviously I was kind of born into it to where I was one of those little kids where as soon as I could walk, I wanted to have a ball and play and stuff, and so my yeah. parents put my uh put my really hyper ass into sports as soon as they could just as a way to get my little <laughs> adhd energy out yeah, i want you to run, run it to out. tire myself out mm-hmm. yeah um because according to my mother i was quite the pain in the ass growing up which is shocking because i'm so low maintenance now sarcasm <laughs> um so really so i played all throughout my childhood i actually play i only played for one team ever I was the uh, the Matt Hedges of my team to where it was the Wildcats was our name. So I played for one team ever from I stopped playing when I was like 14, maybe 15, 14, I think. But I played on the same team from age four to age 14 um, was the captain by the end. I was kind of a legend. They, they were going to retire my number, but uh, I don't have a stadium. Um, <laughs> They're going to make me the Jude, Be- Jude Bellingham and retire my number. How about that one? Do you see that one? That dude that uh, was at Birmingham retired his number after he got sold to Dortmund, even though he played like less than 40 games and scored like four goals for them. <laughs> but uh, so I didn't, I'm trying to think of. So my dad and like his brothers, they they went to Dallas Tornado games back in the day, you know, like in the NASL. Yeah. And uh, some of my earliest sports memories, I think the first sporting events I went to were Dallas Sidekicks games back whenever the uh, MISL was still somewhat relevant, you know. And um, and so I used to have a lot of fun going to Reunion Arena and going to games. And then um, I I have very vague memories of going to a couple of burn games to where I remember going to a game when they played in South Lake for a year. When they played at South Lake Carroll's football stadium, really dark times in the history of the club. But uh, <laughs> I remember walking in, and it was, you know, it was very obviously a high school stadium where it's just like fences, you know, it's just like a <laughs> fence you're walking through. Yeah. And uh, they gave out they gave out lunch boxes at that game. Oh, so that's funny because I was going to mention it earlier when you brought like, up give it to the poor kids. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was a I think it was a Dallas Burn lunchbox. It, oh, I, you reminded me of it earlier when you were talking about your FC Dallas lunchbox, and I remember that. I don't remember anything else from that game. I just remember like looking around when walking into the stadium and being like, "What the hell is this?" And then I also remember going to one game at the Cotton Bowl. I don't know what year it was. It's probably early two thousands. It was their last game of the regular season. I think they were playing San Jose, and they had a win to get into the playoffs. FC Dallas had a win and uh or the burn, sorry. And they didn't win. I just remember that. That's really all I remember. Um but then when I really got into FC Dallas is when the team moved to Frisco, my dad actually bought season tickets. And I remember we went to like a public, like open to the public, or I guess it was only season ticket holders practice that they had in the stadium a couple weeks before, or I guess months maybe before the first game. And, you know, looking around, and it was cool to see a soccer stadium or a stadium just for soccer in Dallas or DFW, let me say. So all the Frisco isn't Dallas. People don't come flying into the mentions. <laughs> Adjacent um, to Dallas. Yeah. And so really that's and really once I started going to games, I just fell in love with it. You know, yeah. it, 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 uh, it quickly became 
like my favorite thing. And in those early days, you know, FC Dallas, since they are, you know, not the most popular team, they've always done a really good job of kind of allowing interaction with players. So when I was a kid, you know, and I'd get a meet, uh, get autographs and stuff from guys back then. Like I remember Dominic Oduro was always really cool and like really friendly and nice. And uh, Kenny Cooper was always a nice guy. And then even like a year or two ago when I ran into Kenny Cooper, he was so nice and really appreciative of me kind of fanboying a little bit and telling him about how I used to go watch him play all the time when I was younger. And my dad went and watched his dad play and he thought that was cool. But um, sorry. So yeah, really once I started going to games, it was, it was, that's, that was was it. And then here we are now. It was that the legend was born once again. So uh, next question I have for you was, do you have like your first FC Dallas memory? Would it, let's say of like, besides the camp or whatever, like, do you, do you remember the first game you went to? Like, do you remember who they were playing in that game that you got Ooh, free tickets to? Um, no, I, I, th- I actually can't remember what I do. What is, what is kind of a little funny, funny side story was uh, one of the earliest memories I remember was meeting, uh, there was another camp at Good. I think it was like a, a month or two after that, or however it was. And that's when I when I first met like a, a really young Breck Shea. And I remember thinking, who's this guy with oh, wow. blonde hair and sunglasses? You know, I was trying to sign all these <laughs> these things. And Kenny Cooper was there, and he's huge, and he was really friendly. But I just remember being like, who who's this guy? And then over the years, what's this? Yeah, surfer? who's this guy? And then over the years, I mean, he he obviously had his his career, but he that was like the younger. Brexhay, but uh, the, mm-hmm. one of the first memories I have, um, man, I can't even remember specifically what, but there was one where uh, I went swimming at my grandmother's apartments. So like we would go over to her apartments and they have a swimming pool, and so we would go swim there. And I remember like rushing back and being like, "What time is it? What time is it?" And we found the channel, and FC Dallas was playing Columbus Crew, and I think Clarence Goodson got like an 85th minute That's- header. And that's like one of my favorite memories because it's like one of my earliest memories that like it was like like the pinnacle of like when you're a kid and you're watching something that you really enjoy right after like a great day. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I think that's that's one of my favorite memories of FC Dallas. And then from there, I mean, it's just, you know, it's been the ups and downs of following it. And it's also been the like not the ups and downs, but just like the weirdness of following an MLS club when like you go through middle school and high school and everybody's just like barcelona barcelona real madrid and this and this and that and even though i'm a huge messi fan and like i had my own barcelona jerseys and stuff like that it was still kind of weird being like hey guys uh you guys watch the uh, fc dallas game last night (laughs) you know so you watch fc dallas play the colorado rapids no we're watching we're watching el Clasico. oh that's cool cool. (laughs) yeah so but uh that's my first one that's one of my favorite ones is the brekshay and uh the clarence goodson ones Clarence Goodson, I remember him from my early days too. Yeah, he was he was a good player. He oh. he uh he was playing until a couple years ago, and every time I saw him, I always had like a little like nostalgia feeling of like ah, I remember seeing him out for the when he used to have a I think he used to rock a ponytail if I'm not mistaken, or he just had long. He hair. just had longer. Um, yeah. So my first memory, uh, like I I mentioned those burn ones, I do remember the first game. At uh, at the time, Pizza Hut Park. I remember they played the Metro Stars, 
and it was in 2005, I believe, because they played like half the season at the Cotton Bowl. Um, but I remember the flyover before that first game. And flyovers are always cool, even now when you're at a sporting event and they do them, like at like opening day when I've been a couple times for the Rangers. It's just always cool, you know, and the, the Jets fly over and stuff. And I remember the flyover at that game and fireworks, and it was packed. It was actually sold out, like probably the most legit sellout that stadium's ever had. Um, and it was just a really cool feeling to see that. And uh, I guess, yeah, that's probably my first FC Dallas memory. But uh, do you have... Speaking of first FC Dallas's, you always remember your first. Um, yeah. Do you remember your first favorite FC Dallas player? Uh, first big FC Dallas player that I loved was probably, uh, weirdly, Pescadito, just because he scored a lot. Yeah. And it was one of those things where you're just like, dude, this guy is pretty fucking good. And then you would go and you'd play with him <laughs> on FIFA, and he's like the highest rated player. So you're like, I love this guy. And then you learn a little bit yeah. more and he's like, he has his own antics and he's not beloved by a lot of other teams in the league, but the dude scored goals and it was a, was a baller. So I, he was one of my favorite ones. But then as I grew into FC Dallas, I think, uh, Ferreira was like, where I was like, dude, this is the guy, this yeah. is the, this is the guy right here. I, I still love Carlos Ruiz. That's my, uh, that guy's a legend. It was so cool whenever he came back a second time to FC yeah. Dallas at the end of 20. 20- what was that was 18 or 17 18 18 it was the year it was the year where they won the sporter shield because i remember he scored the goal against seattle uh, it was like the second to last game of the season it's the last home game and like the uh the last couple of minutes of the game he uh scored a pretty nice volley and uh, i remember celebrating and then like literally saying like oh shit it was carlos <laughs> yeah. Ruiz when he scored <laughs> and then he does you know his signature uh celebration where he'd do like the little fish fin mm-hmm. um but yeah i remember i remember seeing him uh there was a game against the galaxy i think it was um the super league do you remember that when it was just like a competition between like mexican teams and uh MLS yeah, it'd be teams. like four four or six teams right like that yeah, yeah. of each mm-hmm. yeah i remember they played against the galaxy and uh, I don't remember if FC Dallas won this game or not, but I remember Carlos Ruiz scored a sick bicycle kick, which was kind of like his trademark. Um, that it was disallowed for like a high boot, and it was such a lame call because it was really like a sick bicycle kick. Like he got way up there. It was probably the right call, honestly. But uh, I remember that, and then I also remember I think we we're at like my parents' friend's house the night whenever he scored that bicycle kick against DC United. Uh, I remember, and it was in DC. I remember that bicycle kick and that goal. So I've got some good, fond uh, Carlos Ruiz memories. But my first favorite FC Dallas player, for some reason, I like really liked Pablo Ricchetti. Pablo Ricchetti? <laughs> I, okay. I think it was just because he got a lot of cards. He just smashed into people, right? <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of cool for some reason back then. And that's probably why I ended up being the little shit that I was in youth oh soccer. But... uh. Yeah, Carlos Ruiz. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys that were. Bobby Ryan was still yeah, pretty cool. Bobby Ryan, yeah. I remember I have like a weird Bobby Bobby Ryan memory where he was uh, he was like standing and talking to, I think he was with his wife and he was talking to like a fan and his wife was pregnant at mm-hmm. the time. And uh, he made the joke, you know, of, oh no, she just ate a watermelon for lunch. <laughs> 
or something like that. I don't know why. I just always have that Bobby Ryan memory. He, but you could tell he's just such a nice dude with the way he was interacting with fans. And it might have been his family, actually, but still. Um, so, yeah, Bobby Ryan was there. Uh, Dominic Oduro, I remember really liking just because he was so damn fast. Uh, and Andy, like I said, he's, uh, he's really. Yeah, he always had crazy haircuts, and he's a really, really nice guy. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my first favorites or some of those. I have guys. a huge soft, soft spot for uh, Kevin Hartman. I always thought, dude, he's, yeah, he's a baller, man. And as a goalie, and as like a goalie myself, like I would watch him and just be like, this guy is a beast. This guy's. That's good. why they call you El Gato Largo. Yeah. He's El Gato. El Gato like, he, he was just so good. And, and then our run. Our, our, I guess, second place run where we went to the championship and he was just like save, making like just amazing saves versus like the galaxy on the way there. And just he was a baller and like, you know, no, no shade, but I wasn't the biggest uh, Dario Sala fan. And so when we got Hartman after uh, Fernandez, who, who was a beast, too, but Hartman was just kind of like I think he was I think Hartman was before he was Fernandez. just before. Right. Yeah. And then after Fernandez was Dan Kennedy. And the only reason I know that is because Third Degree tweeted out today about Raul Fernandez, and they're talking about how Kennedy was after. So I think it was Hartman. Hartman Fernandez, uh, Kennedy? I think Sala was before Hartman. Kennedy was like remember a very lunch pail type of goalkeeper. Very yeah. solid, not flashy. Remember they used to have Shaka Hislop. Shaka was before Sala, I think. I think it was Shaka, yeah. Sala for a long time. I think they had both of them at the same time. Yeah. And like Hislop was like Sala's backup i think i don't know i might be misremembering this but uh yes i'm trying to think of other guys back then oh well there's plenty of dudes that probably not thinking of but uh if you had to pick your favorite fc dallas player of all time now of any time doesn't have to be early on or now who is it going to be is it probably david ferreira um you know it'd be denilson i think if Julio Davino, Julio Davino, uh, Teixeira, or uh, who, who's the, who's the guy? The we, Chala? Could, we could do uh, this all day. <laughs> Anibal, Anibal Chala. Chala was was a beast because he never, you know. Um, <laughs> even though it's Jair Benitez, um, who I, I do love, Dude, I love, I love Jair, Jair Benitez. Yeah, but uh, I think my favorite has to be. Either Ferreira or El Pescadito. Like, they, they, it's just those two were just kind of, you know, cornerstone pieces for any team. Like, you plug them in now in their primes and they would st- both still be beasts. I just remember that I, I, uh, I, I met Kevin Hartman at my first job. So, let's see what year was that. So, I was 16. So, that so was like 2013, mm-hmm. I guess, maybe 14. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Four, let's say four, uh, 13. So let's see. Was he still? I guess, yeah, he, might, he was probably still playing. Oh, yeah, if he was in Plano. It was at Willoughby Mall. And uh, <laughs> I, he like came up there, and I recognized him right away. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, you're Kevin Hartman. And he's like, yeah, man, what's up? And I like, I was like, I freaked out a little bit. I was like, oh, dude, that's sick. And he was really, really nice. We took a picture together and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I've always got some love for Kevin Hartman. Anyway, um, my favorite player of all time, I think... If you don't know the answer to this question, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. And I want you to go unfollow me right now on Twitter. <laughs> and because I just don't need that kind of negativity in my life. And you're just you're just plain ignorant if you don't know that it's my Lord and Savior, 
Matthew James Mateo Hedges. Mateo Hedges. Yeah, he's got a great name. Yeah. Also about Kevin Hartman, you you know you're really sick whenever you're you're a white guy with a Spanish nickname. Yeah. That's how you know. That's how you know you're a man of the people <laughs> when you're a white guy with a Spanish. That, that nickname. reminds me of uh, Tim Howard, who, you know how there's the, the biggest, you know the the U.S. Mexico rivalry is always insane, but yeah, uh, Mexican fans always respected Tim Howard a little bit because they had his uh, nickname El Pato. And they knew that he was a beast, even though he was a U.S. goalkeeper. And, you know, yeah. he had his own nickname, and just like Kevin Harmon does with El Gato. <laughs> the only Spanish nickname I've ever had is Weddle. <laughs> well, it's, it's just because of my yeah. – that's pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I am literally half white, so it's a pretty yeah. fair thing for me to look like a white Mexican yeah. because I literally am a white Mexican. Um, so more favorites – your favorite FCD moment or memory ever? Uh, it's for me, you know, in my short FCD career was the the Seattle game <laughs> in the rain in the playoffs. Oh, just because yeah, I remember yes. us going down. I it was I think it was by two goals, and just me just feeling like the whole world just collapsed and just being c- completely angry. And whenever I'm watching FC Dallas games, I I don't. I don't really yell. I just kind of try to absorb what's going on in front of me. And at that point, I just kind of like sat down and put my head down. I was like, this is awful. Dude, this that, is the worst. It, that's literally what I did. It was <clears throat> it was because Chad Marshall scored in like, the, like late yeah. in the match on a corner yeah. kick to where Dallas had a score mm-hmm. to equalize. And I remember that Chad Marshall goal. I literally I've talked about this plenty of times just because, you know, they were playing the replays during the break and. I was tweeting about it and every time it's the anniversary of that game they always tweet about it and it it's not my favorite moment mm-hmm. although now that I think about it I, I the one I had in mind that's I don't know man I now that I think about it that Seattle game yeah it was mm-hmm. it was probably one of the most like insane atmospheres of a sporting event I've been to just from that change of like you said just sinking in your yeah. seat heartbroken like this is over to then you know pandemonium like literally a minute later when walker's in and it had every hollywood scenario to it like it was like it was a nighttime game it was slightly rainy it was slightly chilly so it just felt like everything was cold and just everything felt ruined at that moment and then you could just literally feel the energy in the whole entire stadium change once we scored those couple of goals and then when walker scored i mean it was it, it, was, it was the loudest i've ever heard yeah it was one of the best ever probably the best sporting event that i've ever been to physically i yeah. agree yeah. and so that was my, that's personally my favorite just because i think i was able to go to that game if um when I was watching back the replays, so I my old season tickets with my family were front row behind the goal in the south end. So I was right there for that Walker Zimmerman equalizer. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching Blas just kind of just throw his foot up at the ball just to keep it in the area. And it just flicked it on perfectly to where Zimmerman just kind of glanced it on. And it was like right in front of me when the ball goes in. And uh, when I was watching the, the replays of the game, I like stopped it. And sure enough, you can see me just like, losing my mind behind the goal and i'll i will always always remember the look on my mom's face whenever i turned and looked at her and both of us had the exact same expression where our eyes were just like (laughs) ginormous and our jaw had like dropped like holy shit that just happened and then where everyone's just freaking out and i'm high-fiving strangers and standing on the uh, rail and just losing my mind 
after a minute before I literally just like had my face in my hands and like didn't want to watch mm-hmm. the end. And I was like, I just stood up. I was like, all right, all right, let's go. Like, let's. There's still a couple minutes. Let's try it. And sure enough, it happened. And like you said, it was just pandemonium. Still the loudest I've ever heard that stadium. And then obviously they went on to win in penalties. Yeah. Jesse had this penalty saves. Uh, R.I.P. Jesse. <laughs> um, yeah. We got the Jesse chant from the crowd. And then I tweeted about how he had balls like uh, Randy Marsh from yeah. South Park. And Jesse liked the tweet mm-hmm. at like 3 in the morning yeah. when I didn't tag him or anything. I think he was just enjoying seeing people tweet about him for once. But um, like I said, that's – damn, that really – I guess I'll I'll choose a different moment just for the sake of entertainment purposes. Although it's kind of hard for me to pick, what, 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 like between what the two of mine? them. What was the other one? It's the uh, the Open Cup final oh, okay. against yeah, New England. Because I remember going to they played New England in another Open Cup final, like pretty soon after Pizza Hut Park opened. I remember it might have been like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, or something. And they lost at home in the Open Cup final. Uh, back in the Taylor Twelman days, um, oh, Taylor Twelman eating Cheez Its. Um, <laughs> so, and then I remember that Open Cup final, which was obviously the same year that they won the Supporter Shield, was just such a weird game because it started at nine o'clock, I believe, local time. Just because ESPN had something, I guess, showing before they wanted to lead into the final. And so they were so desperate to fill that place up because they didn't want to have an empty stadium for a final that they, my brother worked in ticket sales at the time and told me they gave away so many tickets for free. Basically, like anyone they had in like any like data or like contact info on, they just called them and like, hey, do you want free tickets? Do you want free tickets? Do you want free tickets? Yeah, they, they did everything they could just to fill that place up. And it was probably like 50% comps. Um, but that place was rocking that night because it was, since it was a, it was a weeknight. So it was a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. I believe nine o'clock kickoff. The kind of app, like the kind of crowd they had was pretty rowdy. Cause there's a lot of like college age kids who, you know, most families, you know, aren't going to go to a game that starts at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night when it's a school night, you know? So that kind of weeded out a lot of the, uh, the, the soccer mom crowd that we all complain about so much. And it was just really young and loud and rowdy crowd. And that place was rocking and it was cool to see FC Dallas lift a trophy, you know, at home and see all the celebrations where we had the, uh, was it Victor Uyoa who's wearing the gorilla mask that became yeah, a meme? I think so. Or maybe maybe it wasn't him wearing it, but it like cuts to him and he's making like a weird scared face, like what the fuck is happening? Well, that was right part now? of the coolest part was but, just seeing how much it, it how important it was to the, the to the team, you know. And man, it's still such a shame that Moro Diaz got hurt Ooh. that year and FC Dallas could have won the treble. Seattle's man. They could have gone down heels and taking people's Achilles out. We would have won all three. <laughs> trophies that year I, I could have gone down it. as the best team in mls history if maybe if moro diaz stays who knows what could have happened in the playoffs you know they could have easily just choked in like the conference finals or something but still it would have been it would have been epic but yeah so the open cup is up there i i'll pick i'd say it's probably a tie between the open cup and then that seattle game like you said was just absolute 
pandemonium. So uh, I had a segment that I wanted to do that uh, I'd been thrown out from since basically the time I thought of starting this podcast of uh, just dumbest shit you've heard at an FC Dallas game. And I want to start by saying I'm not like making fun of people who are new to the game and are just trying to learn. I have nothing but respect for people who are new and want to learn, you know, and like are interested. That's why they're there. Everyone has to start somewhere. And we all talk about how important it is to get people to games. And hey, you know, if a person comes to a game and doesn't know much and they end up coming back and learning and learning, that's how fan bases are built. You know, that's that's a good thing for the team. So I'm not trashing people who are, you know, just not that knowledgeable about soccer. But dumbest shit you've heard at an FC Dallas game. So an example I think of is um is um I know I know I said I wasn't gonna make fun of new people, but these people were like really annoying and like <laughs> condescending towards the sport. And yeah. uh, I've I've said before that the Fourth of July game at Toyota Stadium is the home of dumb soccer takes and opinions because people are mainly there for fireworks. And um, so there's these this people behind us who were uh, they they asked word for word. I'm this is a direct quote. Does it count if it hits the white thing? What was the white thing? The goal post? The post. The post. So they're asking if, <laughs> I guess, if it counts as a goal, if the ball hits the post. And like is, I said, is I'm this not, like an eight-year-old or is this a... a no, this was a man ball? probably in like his 50s. Um, <laughs> soccer might have been a commie sport to him. But, yeah, uh, probably. But then they were also like, like I said, they were like condescending in terms of they were like getting angry when anytime a guy was within like 30 yards of the goal, regardless of his angle or who was in front of him and when he didn't shoot. And they also said like word for word, like just shoot it. It's the biggest goal in all of sports. Like, yeah, it's, like just shoot it. it's so easy to score. Like look how big the goal is. It's way bigger than hockey and basketball. Like just shoot it. It's not hard. And uh, so that one's the, the first example that comes to my mind i had another one i thought of is a this is just a general one that i hear all the time and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is <laughs> i think a lot of people don't know what fc stands for to where i've also many times just heard straight up what does fc stand for um but then i'll hear people just refer to fc dallas as fc at games they're like let's go fc like you, you realize they're playing Seattle Sounders FC right now. So you, no one knows who you're cheering for. Yeah, let's go FC. Let's let's go Washington team team. Let's go football club. Football club. Yeah, it's like it's like me going to a game of teams I don't care and just be like, yeah, sports. Let's go sports. Yeah, I can understand people not understanding what FC means because it's kind of weird. But whenever yeah. it's just like a weird thing and they're like yeah no i mean it's like you know the financial conglomerate dallas you know you're just like wait what why how did you get to this conclusion Fris- frisco city frisco dallas. city dallas yeah or something that would have been, been a cool name when you hear those weird answers or when you see like <laughs> when you see like the uh the like the early 
twenties couple or like the like late teens couple, and it's like the one guy that's supposed to know everything about the team, and you just hear his conversations with his girlfriend, him trying to impress her, and just being like, "Wait, what, yeah. what are you talking about, bro?" That uh. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that actually is we had uh, I asked you guys to send in some questions and then also some examples of dumb shit that you guys have heard. And uh, I think people liked this one that. uh, So speaking of the offside world explaining our buddy, Dan, the Don from across the pond, the OG from across the sea, which is a great intro, by the way. I still pretty proud of that one. Um, It's fantastic. He he said, uh. A group of four trying to figure out the offside rule in the beer garden. One of the group speaks up and says, I'm a soccer mom, so I know offsides. Which, by the way, drives me crazy when people say offsides. Uh, and then proceeds to give the most laughable, laughably incorrect explanation of the offside rule before again asserting her soccer mom status. Like, guys, come on. I'm a soccer mom. I'm basically Diego Maradona. Like, I know what I'm talking about. Listen to me while I give you the wrong information about the rule. That's an that offside rule is one that I've always heard a lot of conversations, and I guess other people have too, because probably like half of these were uh, offside comments. Like, uh, here's one from Queen at Queen Darcy. Uh, shout out to her for trying to hook me up with a Zoom session with uh, Matt Hedges that I missed out on because for some reason the default setting on this account on status defense account is to like filter out messages, DMS I get from people. I don't actually no. I think it's, I do follow her. So I think it just like automatically sends it as a message request when someone messages me. So I have to approve it. So I didn't get a notification and missed out on a chance to have a one-on-one zoom with Matt hedges and what a crossover that would have been. But anyway, she said, um, Pretty much any time someone is explaining the quote offsides S at the end rule. Uh, I'm trying to find. There's another offside one, I think. I love the uh, I love the soccer mom one because it's like it's like I I love the audacity and the hubris that comes with like paying two grand a year for your kid to play 15 minutes on a select <laughs> club and not really get any better. But because you do that and you go to their games, you're like, I know, I know what this sport is. Let me tell my, you, let me tell you what's going on right now. <laughs> my little Cooper funny. played five minutes for the Eagles this weekend. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So another one that was popular, like the offsides rule. That was, one doesn't uh, bother me as much, but I do understand if you're a little more, like you guys, you know, just... <laughs> it really doesn't bother me too much. So I just kind of laugh every time. I, say, I probably used to say it when I was a kid, but uh, yeah. another one that people liked was the uh, three more points chant that <laughs> that one makes me laugh. That one Dan makes Hunt me laugh is so, so famous hard. for. It's just so cringe. It's, it's so cringy and embarrassing. Yeah, and uh, it's especially whenever um, he does it before. <laughs> like a playoff game or it was like an open cup game. And it's like, Hey Dan, there's literally not three points up for grabs. <laughs> like that's just not how the sport works. But yeah. so there were, there were two people that said the three more points, uh, red army hooligan shout out to him. And then, uh, big shout out Brian Michelle. I'm assuming it's pronounced like the former FC Dallas legend who the same spelling. And, uh, he said the dumb shit, three more points chant, it may be the worst thing in all of global sport. <laughs> it is embarrassing. That's pretty harsh, but honestly, I agree. <laughs> it's up there. Dan says, 
no, sir, that status belongs to the Mexican wave. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wave hater, but it's nowhere near as bad uh, as as I'm, bad. I'm a wave lover, just because I think the Mexican in me, and because it it, it it tries. It's not it's not really it's not that bad in my opinion. It's sad because you see it die after like three rows, but it's it's not as bad in my opinion. I love so when at least people, people are trying to have fun. I love when people try to start the wave at like an FC Dallas game where half the stadium is empty. <laughs> It's like, what's the fucking? Yeah, point? it's cool we're, when it's it's cool when it's a Mexico game. There's eighty thousand people there at AT and T Stadium, but it's not quite the same at twelve thousand people at Toyota Stadium. But then it gets, yeah, like you said, it gets well, people excited. But then it, no one's it, looking it, at the fucking game. Well, it's sad because, like, you know, you continue it, but it doesn't break because nobody wants to do it. It breaks because there's a whole section that there's no people in, and so that's just the yeah. worst part. There's but, one, hey, there's you know, one guy, one twelve, puts yeah, his he, hands up. He doesn't, he doesn't get up. He just puts his hands up. You know, so you, there's not much you can do when you know it's a sold out game with eighty five hundred people in it. So yeah. it's whatever. I usually boo whenever people start doing the wave. <laughs> the Rangers did it right; they banned the wave, but that's probably because they're worried about people uh, getting hit by a, hit by a foul ball because they're focused on the wave, and then a hundred mile per hour foul ball comes hits them straight in this between the eyes. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, that's a little dark, but yeah, Dan yeah, Dan is a Mexican wave hater, so. Joe loves it, so if there's anything to take from that, is that uh, you should cancel Dan for his possibly xenophobic comments. Um, just <laughs> uh, let's see. That's Another what happens when you're a Burnley fan. And... Burnley? Uh, no, not a Burnley fan, but when you when you when you come from the same uh, country that oh. in and they fly up. What is it like a no like all oh, lives matter? All lives matter banner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd rather listen to an all lives matter argument all day over <laughs> watch over, over watching Burnley just hit fucking long balls and fish and chips Brexit football all day. They're Jesus. the uh, the Vancouver of England. Fuck, give me Vancouver over watching them any day. That's why I can't stand when people are like, oh, I can't watch them unless it sucks. Did you watch that Burnley Norwich game yesterday morning? Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Shout out to Timo Pukki though. Yeah, I'd rather watch my parents do it than watch Norwich vs. Burnley. Oh my god. I'm not even joking either. Um, <laughs> so another one, this one's from Enrique FCD. He says, I was probably 14 and there was this couple on a first date behind me. And this guy was trying to explain what the offside was to his date. And she wasn't getting it for like 10 <laughs> minutes. And at halftime, the guy left for food and he turned around and explained it to her. And she laughed at him for the remainder of the date. <laughs> So he turned around and he's like, don't listen to that idiot. Listen to me. That's not at all what the offside rule is. And I love, uh, I love that. Shout out to him. Kind of cock blocked that guy or a little bit, but also he t- had it coming. He, he deserves it. Yeah. Uh, those are like, those are the funniest conversations. And like, that's what I was trying to tell you earlier is that those conversations where they're like trying to teach each other, but they don't, they don't really they're know. Just like, wrong. That, like they're like that, like, you know, that small ignorance but it's not but it's yeah. not even it's not like uh cynical or anything it's just like not knowing the sport those are the funniest ones to me there's nothing worse than an arrogant ignorant person you know yeah, like that, yeah those are the people that you should make fun of when yeah, it's like, like an eight-year-old asking like why did they blow the whistle so the ball yeah, can that's, you know that's, that's whatever fun. yeah don't be like cocky about how wrong you are about things yeah those are the people that you know you should make fun of or, um 
So this this one is from uh, at Ruchesco. He says, mascot chat. Best <laughs> and or worst Tex Hooper memories. Your first impressions of that beefy <laughs> bastard. <laughs> By the way, that is a great nickname for Tex Hooper now is beefy bastard. And then any memories of the Burns horse dude. And then always wondered if, if that thing... You don't know that one. They used to do a bit where, like, before the game, a guy would come running out. I forgot what the name of the thing is. Uh, it was like a cool black horse, and a guy would, would dress like a medieval dude would oh, ride dude. him out onto the field. It's actually a really cool. On us. Yeah, it was actually kind of a cool bit. Oh, like man. I said, bring back the burn and bring back. Uh, fuck, what was its name? Bring I probably back those, Google it, but whatever. Bring back those kits, man. I, those things were so sick. Yeah, I, I love that. I'm like I said, I'm looking at that Nike kit and Nike burn kit right now. And I love the pinstripes. Bring yeah. back the wasabi pinstripes. Anyway, okay, so best or worst Tex Hooper memories. I'm a big Tex Hooper fan. That's yeah, my guy. Tex Hooper, man. He's cool. Um, my favorite Tex Hooper memory is, I think it might have been an Open Cup game, or maybe it's Champions League. It was a game where it was like a weeknight and there wasn't many people there. And so he was standing in front of the beer garden, or it might have been the Inferno at the time. I don't remember which side of the stadium it was. And, you know, they have all their chants they do for Tech Super. So it's like, there's only one Tech Super, one Tech Super. And I remember the line was smoking that grass and tapping that ass, walking in a Hooper Wonderland. It was so funny because whenever they said smoking that grass, Tech Super like held up like the uh, like the OK sign thing. You know, it looks like you're smoking. Oh, and then geez. For tapping that ass, he like kind of like air humped and then like was spanking the air. T- <laughs> This is the funniest shit ever. And I remember Tex all Hooper the, goes down, man. That, that's all the beer that's garden. right there. Yes. Like they loved it. Yeah. They probably fired the guy after that. Yeah. And first impressions of that beefy bastard. I don't really have a first impression. I just love beefy bastard. Yeah, I love that too. I have um, a, I had a friend on Twitter who uh, his daughter refers to Tex Hooper as soccer cow. <laughs> that's that, that that's beautiful i love that that's cool too. he told me uh soccer cow he ran into me at my old job and uh he knew that i used to write for fc like write about fc dallas and stuff and that mm-hmm. i go to all the game and so he told his daughter he goes he knows soccer cow like she does I mean, yeah. she got all excited and i love that nickname because it's adorable and it's also just like it's it reminded me of what like an eastern european who like barely speaks english would call like i went to the fc dallas game and saw the soccer cow <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's such Some... a literal nickname that it's great that's yeah. exactly what he is he's the soccer cow that's or no bull. that's wonderful the beefy bull what is it the beefy, beefy bastard the beefy bastard or the soccer cow. I, I guess both of those are the two extremes of the funness of life the you know being a little kid and not knowing where it really is. So you're a soccer cow or just being a full going on calling him a beefy bastard. Yeah. Beefy bastard. Um, yeah. This one's from uh, Dustin Chrisman at Cocky Bovine. He said in 2005 at Rice Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake, those of us who traveled for the USA's Costa Rica World Cup qualifier slash FCD RSL doubleheader were called posers by some dumbass Utahns. <laughs> I guess that's is that what people from Utah are called Utahns. That's what they're called now. I thought it was just a Mormon. Um, because <laughs> because we had the it's called we Mormon. had because they basically they he called the they were mad at them because they were cheering for FC Dallas against their hometown team. I guess they weren't under the impression that they were from Dallas. They thought they were just people from Utah cheering they're, for yeah. Their they're team. like, why are you wearing those FC Dallas jerseys? Just what, you know, what's wrong with you? Yeah, 
just thought they were just being dicks and cheering for the other team, which I have seen at FC Dallas games. That drives me crazy when I guess I've seen it at all sporting events. People just cheer against the home team just to be a dick. <laughs> Fuck off. I hope someone throws fear at your head. That's 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 pretty awful, but it's just funny on like the trolling scale of that's just awful. Speaking yeah. of posers, there's nothing worse than the fucking Timbers fan group from Waco. What? Why? They they fly up. They, they drive up every time Portland plays in Frisco and they have their Texas flag, but it's like colored with like Timbers, Timbers. colors. Oh, that's interesting. For whatever reason, Waco I guess I don't know, maybe because Baylor's the same color as the timbers the, the green, green. maybe that's 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 probably the weirdest like subsection fan base like yeah. in the entire world basically like yeah, they, they always talk so up. much shit and they're like <laughs> really they're like making fun of this crowd size and i was like yeah because we have people like you who instead of cheering for their i guess local team local, cheers yeah. for a fucking team in oregon just because i don't know maybe <laughs> Have the same colors and you're seven years old and i, I like the gr- i like the green team with the yellow because th- i i like those colors oh, man. So yeah i love flipping them off whenever fc dallas would beat portland rarely in the regular season yeah it was fun it's fun times fuck those guys what is their name it's like the lone star brigade or something stupid <laughs> like that Fuck shout, them. Out, shout out to Waco, but uh, I hope those guys find the light real soon. And uh, uh, let's hope everybody in Portland is okay because that shit is fucking nuts. Yeah, Portland's uh, I, the Timbers probably are, are hoping that they can last a little longer and MLS is back the just so they don't have to head back. Jesus, man. But uh, uh, last one here is uh, from TD Dismuke, Dismuke, whatever ooh. Trent. So it's he mentioned, I guess this one isn't really at a um. This wasn't at an FC Dallas game, so it's not really what the topic was. But uh, he's talking about Casey Keller's butthurt commentary. I remember F- FC Dallas Twitter <laughs> li- lit him up that one night. Was that was that when we had our our quote unquote subs in and we weren't respectful or something? Yeah, what was that all about? FC Dallas was disrespectful for mm-hmm. resting resting players on like a it was like a midweek game and FC Dallas had a game the weekend before and weekend after. And he thought it was disrespectful of FC Dallas to play some backups. And, um, jeez. And he's also talking about how Moro Diaz was faking it whenever he blew out his Achilles. Oh, what an asshole to be fair. And like the situation in the game, I think FC Dallas was up and that was literally like the very end of that game to where I guess it would have timing wise made sense for him to just be kind of milking it to kill time. But no, he had blown out his fucking Achilles, um, and it was like a career-altering injury for him. So yeah, there's a couple Casey Keller ones. Let me make sure I didn't miss any. I think that's all of them. Well, I'm just glad Eric Hasley scored the greatest MLS goal of all time against him now. Eric Fed uh, Eric Hasley. <laughs> the that goal is amazing though. If, if the people listening, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the one. I think he was playing for Vancouver his- against. The against Seattle and where he just the ball's rolling to him, he chips it and volleys it like basically even backwards. And look at the goal, and he wasn't even facing the goal; just no, fucking smashes it. it. Yeah, Top on Casey Keller's bald ass. <laughs> Honestly, if there's one word I could one word I could think of to describe that goal, disrespectful. Disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for all the uh, fan suggestions. Yeah, because. Portland, they're playing LAFC right now. I might watch the end of that. Um, it's a big game too. Yep. Uh, so 
main takeaways from the episode is uh, fuck Portland and their Waco supporters group. Um, I don't think they can hear us. I don't think they get internet in Waco. Um, hey, shout out to Waco. I have a lot of good friends from Waco, but those guys, I, you know. <laughs> wow. um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Stay away from Cheez-Its. Yeah, stay away from Cheez-Its. Even the white cheddar ones. I know some of you guys like those too, but stay away from those. Like I said, the white Corona, white (laughs) Corona flavor, the white COVID flavor. The white COVID flavor, Cheez-Its. Stay away from those. Uh, Glad everybody's back in terms of the team. And um, looks like they're all training. And that seemed like they were saying that everyone's pretty much available in training. Mm -hmm. Um, Out North Texas starts this weekend. I might have to go a little more in on my North Texas fandom this year, but uh, they released some new kits that look really nice and and maybe might buy one if I feel like it. Shout out soccer 90. Um, and uh, you know, if we're getting, we're getting closer to sports being back. No FC Dallas probably for a couple more months. I forgot when this tournament's supposed to end. I think, I guess it's not that long from now. Um, a couple weeks, yeah. They already sent out an email saying that they're going to allow people out at games uh, when it comes yeah. back. Capacity. That's big news, though. That yeah. is crazy. But, hey, yeah. to everybody just be safe. That's all I can say is just okay. be safe. North Texas is, has, is allowing fans at um, their game yeah. this, this weekend. But, I mean, there's probably only going to be 100 people there anyway, so I don't think it makes much of a difference. Uh, sorry, North Texas. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. You guys keep hanging in there, and uh, we'll catch you. Uh... All right. Yeah. Peace.